We've been going through Proverbs, uh, and we're almost at the end, I think. What have we got? One more left? Or a few more left? I don't know. One more. And, um, you know, the word proverb means to reign. That's one of the things that can be translated. And, uh, you know, God wants us to reign in every area of our life, right? Uh, whether it is to do with uh, the decisions we make, um, the words we speak, whether it's our family life, whether it's how we bring up our kids, um, whether it is how we relate to authority, or whether it's in our friendship. God wants us to reign. And of course we know God is interested in, in every area of our life. Um, and you know, I believe in this season, you know, God is calling us to go to the next level with him. And um, you know, wisdom enables us to do that. And so um, we've been going through wisdom. And uh, it's important just, just to... Uh, to say, uh, this is Proverbs 121. Now, now, just to let you know, a lot of the Proverbs that, that are going to come up on here, they're from the Passion Translation. So if you look at your Bible and you think, you know, it's a bit different to what, to what I've said. The, the Passion Translation aim, aims to get the heart, uh, Richard said this on the first week, to get the heart behind the, the, the original intent. Because there's so many more words in Hebrew than there are in English. It's, um, it's more expressive. But um, Proverbs 121, wisdom's song is not always heard in the halls of higher learning, but in the hustle and bustle of everyday life. And um, we don't become wise by, by going to university, okay, or by getting a degree in, in whatever, um, or just by acquiring information. We become wise, as this says, by rubbing off one on each other. And um, it's important, you know, the, the process of um, becoming wise, we need friends. We need friends to do that. And so um, it's really important that, that as, we, as we look at this, you know, don't say to yourself, I, I can never become wise, you know, like the elders, you know, they're really wise. You know, but, but actually, you know, God wants us to be wise so we can glorify his name. And he wants us all to be wise. He wants us all to reign in life. So, um, so it's really important. Um, of course, friendship um, begins with God, like everything that is great and good. And it says in Genesis, doesn't it, in the beginning, um, and, and God said, let us make man in our image. And so within the Trinity, you know, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, um, he had perfect friendship. And um, the amazing thing is that, that, that when God um, was creating the world, and, you know, it must have been so exciting for them to make it, you know, you just imagine just speaking and things coming into being. And the amazing thing is, within their amazing perfect friendship, they thought of someone else. They thought of, of creating man. And, and that's a good model for us. You know, when we have friendships, they're never exclusive, are they? And they always invite us in. And um, just something as simple as, you know, when we have coffee out, out there, you know, do, do we just get into our little groups and, uh, and speak within the people we know? Or, or are we actually inviting people in who, we've never, who we don't know? we go and speak to people because actually true friendship is not cliquey is it it brings people in and um i know here we we're not cliquey okay all right but we just need to make sure don't we that actually we are we're opening our hearts up to other people really important um mother Teresa, she um she said the worst disease okay in the world it wasn't uh leprosy or aids it was loneliness and uh well done got that yeah and uh from what I've um, looked at, about 20 to 30% of people 
suffer from loneliness. It's a, it's a lot, isn't it? It's about a third. And um, the same amount of people would say they haven't got anyone who they can really intimately share things with. And um, my heart for today really is that, that um, as a body, we, there'll be no one here who, who can say they're lonely. Okay? We, know our, we know our true friendship is with the Lord. Okay, and that's the most important friendship we can cultivate and develop. But the thing is, the more intimate we become with the Lord, the more intimate we'll be with others. Because Jesus came not just to restore our relationship with the Father, um, but also to restore our relationship with other people. Because, number one, okay, we are created for friendship. And... Um, the thing... Um, I want to say is that Adam, when God created him, um, he was perfect, right? He hadn't sinned. Um, and God was creating the world, and it was all good. But, but God said one thing wasn't good, and it was that man shouldn't be alone. And so God created woman um, to come alongside us and, and, and to complete God's perfect creation. And... Um, the word um, that was used, it's commonly used in, 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 the, um, in Genesis, is that, is that God said, um, it's not good for man to be alone, that let us uh, make a helper who will be suitable for him. And, you know, uh, that word helper, I don't think is a great translation, because, you know, that can almost seem like, uh, imagine with Rachel, you know, I'll say, oh, Rachel, you know, you're just here to help me, you know, just kind of do what I say, and um, if you need any help, just, just, just come and I'll call you. And, um, but that word um, in the Hebrew is, is, is ezer. And, and, and what it means is, it, it's, it's a different kind of help to the thing that we normally think of. And, and uh, it's used in the context of God helping Israel. And um, so what it means is that actually that person is helping someone from a position of strength, not from a position of weakness. And it's also used to, um, to describe... Um, when someone is being saved from danger. And it's also used to describe when someone is delivered from death. So ladies, okay, this is how God sees you. When, when he created you, he said, right, I'm going to create someone who's going to help Adam from a position of strength, not from a position of weakness. I'm going I'm to create you where you can save him from danger and you can... Deliver him from death. So ladies, um, you know, for hundreds of years, uh, you know, you've been oppressed and all that. But actually, God, God, the word I like to use for that is, is co-worker. God created Adam and Eve to be co-workers together. Okay? So they can glorify God to all their potential. And the amazing thing is that Adam needed to have Eve, needed to have someone beside him in his perfection. So, friends aren't there for us because we're fallen. In fact, sin, um, it's sin that basically separates us from people. It separates us from God, it separates us from people, and it's uh, in our sin that we become self-reliant, independent, prideful, and and we reject other people. So, in that word this morning um, from Sarah, you know, because fear can actually um, stop us from, from getting close to people. 
And if you're here this morning and there's been something in your past that's been spoken over you or, or a situation that has created fear, then, 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 then the Lord just breaks that in the name of Jesus and he wants to give you friendships that are intimate and, and just glorify him. Um, so we, we are created um, for friendship. And um, this proverb here, sweet friendship, sweet friendships refresh the soul and awaken our hearts with joy. For good friends are like the anointing oil that yields the fragrant incense of God's presence. So never give up on a friend. So the, the, the way I see this is that actually friends are like the, the anointing oil that actually allow us to experience God's presence in our lives. That's pretty amazing. You know, in, in, in the Old Testament times, uh, there was the, the Ark of the Covenant, which was within um, a tent, okay? And um, there was the holy place, and then there was the Holy of Holies, where the Ark of the Covenant was. Now, just before the Holy of Holies, there was what's called an altar of incense. And incense in the Bible um, typically is referred to as us communing with God. And so what I believe this is saying is, actually, there is something in friendship that is, that is necessary to us encountering and communing with God in a way that we can't do by ourselves. And um, I've started to brew some wine at home. Rachel will tell you the fun that's been going on with me brewing wine. I've started with elderflower wine, and uh, I've just done some um, raspberry wine, which tastes a bit interesting at the moment, but I'm, I'm told you give it long enough, it's going to taste all right. Um, but I'm not a connoisseur, so I could taste any sort of wine, and I wouldn't know really if it was good or not. But It's just a bit of fun. But um, this here, okay, this represents God. This here. And of course, everything we have comes from the Lord. There is nothing we haven't got that doesn't come from Him. And uh, this is us here, okay? Now sometimes we can think that what God does is that he just gives us everything we need, okay, like so. And of course God does, he gives us everything we need. But the thing is, God doesn't work like that, okay, because I don't know if you've noticed, um, God uses people. And what that proverb is saying is that we need people to be all that God has for us. So, you know, there are times, you know, Every day we spend time with God in the morning, okay? We receive from him. But we also receive from others. And God knows, and he's created us, to actually be dependent upon other people. And the more we're dependent upon the Lord, the more we realize that we need other people, shoulder to shoulder. And so, who knows that some things we need, we know we get from people. Okay, we know it comes from the Lord, but we know we need people to get it. So, for example, money. You know, Lord, I have no money this month. Please give me some money. And, and uh, maybe if you have a lot of faith, you, you'd expect the, the money to just appear. But normally, he would do someone to give it to you. And, you know, who here has had money in the post, you know, live it through? You know, it's great when it happens. And, um, of course, we thank the Lord for that, but we know that the Lord has used someone else to um, provide the finance. Um, but how about other things that maybe we don't think of? What about if someone um, comes to you and says, uh, I'm not quite sure if, if, if what you did in that situation was the right thing. How do we respond to that? Do we go, thank you, Lord. Thank you for speaking to me through that person. Or, or, do we, or, or, or can we go, mm, well, if God wants to speak to me, he'll speak to me directly. You know, 
I've taken on board what you said, but, but um, I'm going to pray about it and, and basically just see what he's going to say. And you, know, and you know he's not going to say it, okay? So some things we know, come, we, know we need people for, but, but God is saying, actually, every, every area of our life, okay, we're created to be dependent upon the Lord, and um, we're created to be dependent upon others to um, receive what he has for us. Um, and we look, we look in Scripture, and, and, and there are principles through, all throughout the whole the Bible. You know, Moses, he had Aaron, and he had uh, Joshua. Um, uh, uh, David had his, his mighty warrior friends, and he had Jonathan. Um, uh, Daniel had his three friends. Uh, Jesus had, had his 12 disciples. And, of course, he was closer with, with three of them, and in particular, he was, he was close to John. So we can see there's a model that um, we need friends, okay? We're created for them. And, and you know, in, in the body here, we, we have a wide circle of friends. And, and you know, psychologists have, have, have kind of have told us that the maximum we can have is 150, okay? And that is if you're super, like, gifted at, you know, being friendly and all that kind of stuff. Um, but for most of us, it, it's probably less than that. But, but within that, there's going to be people who we're more intimate with. And that's why we have community groups, right? And, um, of course, Jesus had his, had his 12. Um, and then within that, there's going to be people who we're going to be even more intimate with still. Because, because who knows that in a small group, it's not always appropriate to, to tell about what, what is going on within your life. Okay? There are some things that, that won't be appropriate. Okay? Um, such as, um, you know someone is struggling in their marriage might not be appropriate to, to um, ask them in, in, the, in the community group, you know, how's your marriage doing? Because that's more, that's more either on, a, on a, you know, a, a one-to-one basis, you know, man on man or woman on woman or, or within a couple. So, so there's that principle. And what I want the Lord, what I feel the Lord is saying is, is, have we got those friendships where we know we can be honest and open with one another? Okay. It's, it's, it's hugely important, and, and, and we'll look at why that is, okay? Um, this here is, this is from Solomon, but it's from Ecclesiastes. Um, Two are better than one, because they have a good return for their labour. For if either one of them falls, the one will lift up his companion. We need people. Okay. Now, the first one, we're created. Even in our perfection. If we never sinned, we were created to have friendships. Number two, we are created to have a covenant friendship. Now, the word friendship in the Bible really means covenant friendship. And, and, and a covenant is, is extremely powerful. And um, in our society, we don't really use covenants. We have a lot of contracts, okay? And, and you know, contracts protect us um, from the other p- party if something goes wrong. And if the contract is broken, then we're not bound to the contract. But a covenant is, is deeper than that. And... Um, I've got um, something here. Where is it? Now, in the first service, I, um, I got a bit emotional. And my wife wasn't here. So I'm not going to cry, all right? I'm not going to cry on this one. Um, on Friday, was it Thursday or Friday? Um, where we worked here, there's a little drive. And there, and, and there was a sign that someone had put up saying, I love you. And I drove past and thought, oh, that's nice. And um, Rachel came in. She goes, Simon. It wasn't you. And I was like, it was what me? Who put the sign up? And I was like, I was like, no. And she goes, oh. And uh, 
I should, I, I should have said yes. Why not? I shouldn't have said yes, should I? But I know for next time. I'm gonna, I'll make you a sign one day, all right? It's bigger than the one that was there that says I love you. Anyway, so this, this here is a covenant. And, and uh, this, is, this is what I said to Rachel. And it's this. In the presence of God, I, Simon Thomas Marshall, take you, Rachel Helen Watkins, to be my lawfully wedded wife, my one and only love from this day forward. I offer you my solemn vow to be your faithful husband, to have and to hold from this day forward, in good times and in bad, in plenty or in little, and in joy as well as sorrow. I promise to love you unconditionally, putting your needs before my own, and to support you in your goals. I commit to loving, honouring, and respecting you, I promise to release you and support you in the plans God has for you, to pray for you and to see fulfilled the potential God has placed in you. I promise to protect and provide for you, to nourish and cherish you until death do us part according to God's holy law. In the presence of God, our family and friends, I make this vow. And uh, who knows that when you do that, it's really powerful. Okay, and that's probably why I got a bit emotional earlier. And... um, you say to one another, no matter what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be there for you. And it's a covenant, and it's, um, it's strong. And uh, God doesn't want us to have lots of casual acquaintances. He wants us to have meaningful relationships. And um, this, this here, basically from the Proverbs... A man of many companions may come to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. And so, you know, God wants us not to have quantity of friendships, but wants us to have a quality. And maybe you might think to yourself, I ain't got many friends. Well, you know, God, that's not a problem, because God doesn't want you to have lots of friends. He wants you to have a few quality friends. And uh, maybe you, you think, well, I haven't got any friends. Well, my prayer is that actually after today, that in this season will be, will be a body of people who will have those friendships that are, that are covenant friendships. Because a covenant is a commitment. It's not a contract. You're saying I'm going to be there for you, whatever what. And it's unconditional. And look, you know, we, we are all messed up. Okay? You look in the mirror, you know you're messed up. I know I'm messed up. You look at the person to the left and the right of you, okay, they're messed up too. Okay? They may not seem like it, but once you get to know them, okay, especially within a marriage, okay, Rachel will tell you that I'm messed up, okay? And in fact, she's probably, now you know me more, I'm more messed up than you thought I was. That's right. She's staying quiet. But, um, but we, we need to be free to have that intimacy, okay? And of course, fear holds us back. And God today is saying, I'm breaking that fear of intimacy on your lives. We, we are free to be intimate with one another, okay? All right. And... and um, uh, we're going to look at uh, David and Jonathan in, in uh, just a second, okay? Um, David, um, for a lot of his life, he was running after King Saul, okay? Because Saul didn't like him, because he was jealous of him. Saul was a very um, funny character in many ways. But, but uh, anyway, David was running away. Now, now Jonathan, okay, who was um, Saul's son... He went to go and see him. And um, we read this in 1 Samuel. Uh, and Saul's son Jonathan went to, to David, Horesh, and helped him find strength in God. 
Don't be afraid, he said. My father Saul will not lay a hand on you. You will be king over Israel, and I will be second to you, even when my father Saul knows this. And the two of them made a covenant before the Lord. So before they made a covenant, the first thing that um, Jonathan did, okay, all right, Jonathan um, saw the need of David, and he, and he met his need. So if you're thinking, oh, I ain't got any friends, there's no one here who um, meets my needs, well, 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 let me say to you, God's got it the other way around. Find someone in the church who has a need, and go to them and meet their need, and see how they respond. That's the first thing he did. Because friendships, godly friendships, are never, are never um, in what you can do for the other person. Okay? So, so it, what, what you get from the other person, they are based on what you can do for the other person. Okay? And that's why the more intimate we are with God, the more we will have friendships that are healthy. Okay? The second thing is that Jonathan went, now, now bearing in mind David, okay, he was a man after God's own heart. So uh, he was pretty special. But David, it said, needed to be strengthened in God. Jonathan went and he strengthened himself, he strengthened David in God. And actually the Hebrew, what that means is, he strengthened his hand in God. So what Jonathan did, okay, he said, he said, David, okay, put your hand up to God and, and take strength from him. What he didn't do was go to Jonathan and, and take from him. Does that make sense? Okay. So Jonathan is pointing um, David's attention to God. And, and every godly friendship, every covenant friendship, okay, we need to be make sure we're doing that. We're always encouraging and, and pointing um, uh, the, the person's eyes to the Lord. Okay. Um, the third thing, okay, obviously they both had a common interest in God. And it says um, in 1 Samuel 20, um, 23, May the Lord be between you and me forever. And I love that because, you know, you often hear of, oh, something's got between them. Okay? Well, of us, I want, to, I want us to be saying, something's between you and me. It's the Lord. Okay? There's always something between us. And it's not resentment, it's not bitterness, it's God. And that's just such a great picture that with every friendship, we have God in the middle. Um, now, this is amazing. Okay? <clears throat> now, Jonathan says to David, you're going to be king over all Israel, and I'm going to be second to you. Now, um, Jonathan, like I said, was, was Saul's son. And he would have been, uh, naturally, the heir to the throne. He would have been king. But um, what Jonathan said was, he basically, he relinquished his throne. He said, I've seen God's hand on your life, and I know you're going to be king. So I'm, I'm going I'm to honour you above myself, and I'm going to say, David, you're going to be king. That's, that, that's, that's a really profound thing um, for Jonathan to have done. And I think it says elsewhere that, that actually Jonathan put his robe on him as a sign of royalty. That actually he, he um, that, that David now, was, was going to be king. Um, and I'll be second to you. Okay? And Jonathan, he could see David's um, purpose. See, we can't always see the purpose for our life. Okay? But other people can. And that's why we need people. Okay, that, that's why this is so important, that we invest, okay, and not only do we invest in other people, but, but, but we allow people to invest in us. We're open, okay? Really important. Um, and then they made a covenant before the Lord, 
Okay, all right. So, so this is a good model. You know, in this covenant friendship, um, Jonathan initiated it. He supplied the need. He encouraged him and God. They had a common interest. Um, uh, Jonathan uh, really saw David's purpose and potential for his life. And then they made a covenant and they said, nothing's going to stand between us. So I've been through um, some of the scriptures in the New Testament. And uh, this really, okay, is, is what we should be saying to one another. And um, it says this. I belong to you and you to me. I love you and am willing for you to love me. I will be devoted to you and lay down my life for you. I will bear your burdens and serve you. I will provide for you when I am able and not withhold what I can to bless you. I will not judge you. I will forgive you and not allow any failure on your part to hinder our relationship. If I fail in my love for you, I shall be quick to ask for for your forgiveness. I will defend you against any who speak or act against you and will refuse to speak negatively of you. I will pursue to build you up in the Lord and care for you. I will honour you. I will be faithful to you. I will comfort and encourage you. That's quite profound, isn't it? And, but as believers, you know, by the power of the Spirit, that's what God is calling us to. Okay? Within the wider body, within a smaller community group, and then within um, a smaller um, or different uh, intimacy. You know, men... Okay. Um, us men find um, intimacy harder. Okay? Alright? And um, women, if you, if you just get in a group, you're going to chat. Okay? You just do it, don't you? You can talk about anything. Okay? And then just stuff comes out and, you know. Uh, yeah. But, but us guys, we, see, if we, normally if we meet up, it's, it's because we're doing something. Right? We like to do things together. We like to build. Shoulder to shoulder. And um, what, what that means is that we can do something shoulder to shoulder and we can be so engrossed in the task because obviously men are task orientated and, and, uh, and this is why, you know, when Rachel um, comes to me with a problem, I always try and fix her, yeah, okay? I don't, I don't listen to her. Um, I'm trying to do that, but anyway. But we like to do things. And um, um, the, the problem is we, we can never have intimacy, and, and us, us guys, okay, it's important that, that we have men, okay, that, that, that we can um, go to and, and we can meet up with who we, can, who we can invest in, but also who can invest in us. Because it's easy for, no, look, we, th- there's pressure on us to be the providers, to work, um, time, time just goes, and um, if we're not careful, we... we we will not create that intimacy that God wants for us in our friendships. Okay, guys? So, so God wants us to, to have that. And if we haven't got that, then, then you know, let's just be encouraged because we, we all need encouragement in this. Let's um, ask the Lord, come, you know, let's say, I want someone who I can be intimate with. Like with David and Jonathan. That kind of relationship. And there's nothing weak in, in having an intimacy like that. I mean, in our society, as soon as you start doing something like that, they either think you're, you know, I said in the first service that I was going through Amazon looking for books on, on Jonathan and David, and, and there was books on, on, on the homosexuality. Because they were so close, they assumed that they must have been homosexuals. Crazy. I mean, I mean, just the view that actually men, if we get too close, it's weird. Okay, but God is saying, actually, he wants us to be have those people in our lives who we can be close with. And look, 
You know, if you're married, your husband, your wife is not designed to fulfill every need you have. Who knows? You know, there's, you know, the sexual need is for marriage only. Okay? And it's a unique covenant we have with, you know, with your husband or your wife. But um, friendship is not exclusive. And, and maybe in your marriage, you know, are you being exclusive in your friendships to, to one another? Okay? Because God wants us to have, to have friends outside of our marriage. And um, it's necessary. It's important. Okay? And um, we, need those, you know, we, we need those guys who, who, who can say to us, you know, how are things going with your marriage? How much are you arguing with one another? Are you loving her? Are you spending time with her? You know, do you uh, watch stuff on TV when it's too late? You know, you shouldn't be watching it's important because um, David, okay, who had a heart after man, so had a heart after God's own, sorry, who was a God, who was a, what was it, say it for me, a man after God's own heart, okay, he, he had his weaknesses, and, and, and we'll see that. And it was in his weakness that he didn't have his friends. And that's ultimately why he failed. And um, we, will, we will go through, okay. Um, okay, so I've just started to go through this. So, so we are created, okay, for, for friendship by God. We, um, uh, are to be in a covenant relationship with one another. Okay? Not just a casual acquaintance, but to be connected to one another regularly and to be t- intimate. And we're to be close. Okay? Now, now uh, this here, okay, Proverbs 11.13, you can't trust a gossiper with a secret. They'll just go and blab it all out. But put your assurance instead in a trusted friend for, for, they'll, be, for they'll be faithful to keep it in confidence. We're not designed to keep things to ourselves. We're not designed just to, to keep things between us and God. There are some things we need to share with other people. Okay? And it's really important. And, 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 and Jesus said this in John 15, 15. Jesus said, No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you friends. For all, all that I have heard from my Father, I have made known to you. And... Um, that is a phenomenal statement by Jesus because he says that everything that I have received from the Father, I've made known to you, to his, to, to his disciples, his intimate circle. He says, my, books, my, my life has been an open book. I've heard nothing from you. You've seen me. You've seen me when I'm tired. You've seen me when I um, am in agony. And I'm calling you my friends. And, that, uh, and that's what God wants of us, when we call each other our friends. And um, in the Garden of, G- of Gethsemane, Jesus, um, he took his disciples there and um, he, asked them to, to, he asked them to keep watch and pray for him. Now, he was going to um, pray to the Father. Now, you'd think, Jesus, you know, he's speaking to the Father. He doesn't need anybody else, okay, to help him in his hour of need. But he said... I want you to watch, watch with me. Be with me. Stay near and pray because I need it. I need you right now. And of course, uh, the tragedy is that, that they fell asleep and, and Jesus knows what it is to be alone. So if, if you're feeling alone this morning, he, he knows that. Uh, and of course, on the cross, you know, he, he, was, he was completely alone. Um, but what was interesting, in one of the Gospels, um, while his, his friends were asleep, it said an, an angel of the Lord came 
and, and I think it's something like that it held him up or it supported him. And um, I believe, actually, that wasn't necessary. I believe that if his friends were praying for him, that would have been enough. But because they abandoned him, there was an angel there. Um, so God wants us to um, really be intimate. And um, we know there's a way for the world to know that God loves them. And it's the way we love one another. Okay? And uh, we know it. But it's not what we know, is it? It's what we do. By the power of the Spirit working in us. Okay. So in that context, um, I want to talk about this. Now, Proverbs, of all, of all the um, things that Proverbs talks about, in regards to friendship, it talks the most, really, about confronting and challenging, giving counsel to our friends. And um, this isn't always easy. When was the last time that someone maybe challenged you or confronted you? How did you respond? Was it with offence? Was it with bitterness? Or did you say, do you know what? Thank you so much for confronting me in that way. I really appreciate it. The Lord is speaking to you through me. Okay? It sounds funny, but actually, that, that, is, that is true. That, that's, what we, that's the attitude we're to have. Speaking honestly is a sign of true friendship. So, so we are to expect, okay, expect it. Okay? We are to expect frank discussions with our friends, those with whom we're in covenant friendship with. And um, maybe we don't expect it. And that's why when it happens, we're like, what's going on? Okay? But, but God wants us to have this. Whoever flatters, his neighbors, whoever flatters his neighbor is spreading a net for his feet. You know, if all we do is surround ourselves with people who, who tell us how great we are, okay, ultimately we're going to fall. And um, God wants us to be strong. The only one who speaks correction honestly, sorry, the one who speaks correction honestly can be trusted to make peace. So when someone comes to you and you think they're creating something between you, actually they're bringing peace. And um, there's so many proverbs on this. And I just encourage you just to go and memorize them. Because if they're in your mind, when someone comes to you, and they, uh, you know, you're your friends, and they confront you, you're not going to go, what are you doing? You're going to go, ah, Proverbs says it's good for me. It's healthy for a relationship. If you correct someone with constructive criticism, in the end, he will appreciate it more than flattery. Notice that within a covenant friendship, the, the criticism is always going to be constructive. It's better to be corrected openly if it stems from hidden love. You can trust a friend who wounds you with his honesty. I love the way that's worded. You can trust a friend who wounds you with his honesty, but your enemy's pretended flattery comes from insincerity. Proverbs 27.9 Perfume and incense bring joy to the heart, and pleasantness of one's friend springs from his earnest counsel. I think, you know, kingdom thinking re- requires that we change our, our mind, right? And that's why we need to be transformed by the renewing of our mind day by day, don't we? Um, and this is one of those things that, that we're like, what? It's actually sweet to be con- for someone to confront us. It's a good thing for someone to confront us, because most of the time in the world, you know, all you're going to get is, is, is normally a, a not very positive response, but, it, but it's good, it's healthy within that covenant friendship. And God sees it as like perfume, as incense. Now this is my favourite bit, okay. Um, 
Proverbs 15, 31 to 33. Accepting constructive criticism opens your heart to the path of life. Don't expect to see Shekinah glory until the Lord sees your sincere humility. And uh, what, what that is, is linking is us experiencing God's manifest presence and, and how we respond to people when they, when they come and they, and, they, and they challenge us and, and they give us constructive criticism. That's just amazing. I don't know if you've ever thought of it like that before. I don't know about you, but, but I want to continually be aware of God's presence on my life. Because I know when, when, when God's presence is on my life, other people get transformed, other people get changed. And the Shekinah glory is, is, is God's manifest presence. And um, if we don't accept criticism, constructive criticism from our, from our friends, we're not going to see God's, God's presence on our life in the way that he intends. You know, we, we all have dreams, okay? We all should have dreams in our life that are impossible. And if you haven't got an impossible dream, may I suggest to you that you ask God for one, because he's got ones for you, okay? I mean, dreams that you just know can never happen with your own strength. You need God on your side. And um, the thing is, for our dreams to be fulfilled, not only do we need God on our side, but we need other people on our side too. And if you have dreams in your heart and they, they haven't been fulfilled and, and you're wondering, God, you said to me through a prophetic words, you know what, 20 years ago this is going to happen and it hasn't happened, well, may I suggest to you that maybe it's because you haven't opened your heart, your dreams to other people, people who are shoulder to shoulder to you. Because they'll be necessary to actually helping you to see that fulfilled. I don't know if that, if, if that makes any sense, but, but, it, but, it, but it's really important. And you know that our friends are there to actually encourage us to dream the impossible. And, and this, is, this is the scripture. It just says that. Wise instruction is like a costly gem. It turns the impossible into success. And if there's impos- impossible situations in your life, okay, don't hold it from within you. Go to someone. Okay? Seek counsel. If you've got a big decision to make, you know, seek counsel. And um, Rachel is, is, is great with me because, you know, I have lots of stupid ideas, okay? And, you know, men tend to have stupid ideas, just the way we're wired, you know? We'll come out with things. And um, Rachel's great because she won't go to me. That's stupid, okay? She might think it, maybe think it. She won't say it. Um, she, she will just say things like, okay, well, you know, have you thought about that? Or maybe we'll just, you know, think about it a bit more, Okay? And, um, and that's good because she, she, she's, not, she's not basically having a go at my dreams. She's not saying, oh, that's stupid, that's rubbish. What are you dreaming like that for? And maybe there's been people in your life who you've opened up to and they've just said, are you crazy? That's a stupid dream. You're never going to see that fulfilled. And that can stop you from becoming intimate with people. And, so we, and that's why God says we, we, we break that over your life so you can experience intimacy uh, in the way that he, that he has designed for you. Now, um, to, to humbly receive wise correction adorns your life with beauty and makes you a better person. To humbly receive wise correction adorns your life with beauty and makes you a better person. This is why we need to meditate on the word. It's not always easy to, to do what it says. And we need the Holy Spirit to really cultivate that in our hearts. Because Proverbs, at the end of the day, it's a heart thing, isn't it? 
Is our heart right with God? Is our heart right with other people? So, friendship is also careful. And um, this here is a good proverb. Proverbs 15:23. Everyone knows giving great. Everyone enjoys giving great advice, but how delightful it is to say the right thing at the right time. There's a time and a place. So. In one aspect, we need to be um, open to receiving correction. And in the other aspects, we need to be careful in how, in how we minister, minister it. Okay? All right. And um, just, just as I finish, I just want to um, go through the story of Nathan and David. So Nathan was um, a, a prophet. Um, David now had become king over Israel. And uh, it's said that David, um, while, everyone else, while everyone else was at war, David basically wasn't. He was basically having a holiday at home. Okay? So all his warriors were out, and he was by himself. He had no one to look to. Okay? And, and he saw Bathsheba, and, and you know, we know the story. Um, he committed adultery with her, and um, he then basically tried to cover it up, and then he killed um, uh, Uriah, Bathsheba's husband. You know, a pretty serious thing to do. Okay? For, for a man after God's own heart. So even in his point of weakness, okay, he needed people when they weren't there. And so, you know, especially us guys, you know, we tend to, be, we tend to just get through it by ourselves, but, but we need men. Okay, ladies, obviously, you need ladies by your side too. Okay, because we're all going to be in that place of weakness. It's going to happen to us. And if we haven't got those people by our side, then, then you know, we may fall. Okay? And, and, but that's not going to happen in this body. Because God is, is building us into people who are going to the next level and, and we're going to have those friendships and it's going to keep us strong. In Jesus' name. Amen. So, um, so Nathan came to David, okay? And so Nathan came and, and he told him this story. And he said to David, well, David, there was this rich man and he had lots of sheep. And there was a poor man and he had one lamb. Now notice that, that Nathan is giving David a story about a shepherd. David can relate to that. And, um, David, and so Nathan says, well, what happens is, this rich man with, with all these sheep, he, he, a friend comes, and instead of taking one of his own sheep, he goes to the poor man with just one lamb, and he takes that. And David's like, that man needs to be killed. You know, kill him. Bring, bring justice. And then Nathan says, you're that man. You did that with Uriah. And David's heart opens up, and um, uh, he repents, and, and, he, and he's restored. Um, but I just want to go through a few things in how Nathan confronts him that um, will be useful for us, okay? Because we need to know that, that um, God, God will, at some point, choose us, okay, in love to, to go and, and, and confront and challenge our friends. It's going to happen. So, number one... Nathan had a knowledge of the facts. Well, actually, Nathan had a word of knowledge, specifically, because God told him what, what had happened. Okay? But, but the principle is, we need, we need to know what's going on. Okay? Number two. Now, it was a year between um, Nathan committing the, the act and Nathan going to see him. Okay? It was one whole year. That's a long time. Okay? If, if I knew that had happened, if I was God, I'd do it straight away. But the Holy Spirit, in his timing, um, was wise enough to leave it a year. So, so we need to be wise. We need to listen to the Holy Spirit, don't we? 
um, when we're doing this. Number three, he used careful wording. So he, so he told him a story that, that David could relate to about a shepherd and his lambs. And so, you know, when we go to our friends, we need to understand that not everyone is going to respond the same. You know, so some people will, will need to go to them and say, mate, that's a stupid thing you've just done. Give them a slap around the face. And they'll respond to that quite well because you, you know that's how they, what they need. But for other people, you need to be more delicate. So we need to have the sensitivity of the spirit that we need to be careful in how we, in how we do that. Number four, he had boldness. Now, who knows that confronting people is not easy? And um, we need to be aware that when we are confronted, that it's not easy for the person who's actually coming to us. They've probably prayed about it, they've wrestled with it, and the Holy Spirit has told them to do it. So um, they had a holy boldness. He said, you're the man, David. He said to the king of Israel, that's you. Number five, he brought David to the word. And, um, you know, as friends... We, we, we bring people to the word, okay? Not just the, the scripture, but also, you know, the living word, which is Jesus. Really important. Number six, he actually had brought the ministry of forgiveness to David. And so we need to make sure that, that we really operate in, in the ministry of forgiveness. You know, if they've sinned, sinned against us, we obviously forgive, we, we forgive them. But um, we need to make sure that they receive forgiveness from the Lord. And we can be a minister of that. And number seven... Um, is affirmation of love. Now, I love, I love the story because, because afterwards, so Bathsheba's child died, okay, um, but God gave him another child. And um, he was called Solomon, who, of course, um, wrote, the, wrote Proverbs. Um, but when Solomon was born, Nathan went back. And um, he went to uh, David and Bathsheba, and he said to them, I've, I've got a, a name for Solomon um, that I'm going to give him. And um, it was called Jedidiah, okay, which means you're loved by the Lord. I think that's great, you know, that, that actually Nathan, he, he, went to, he went to them and he said, look, I just, just want to let you know, this, this child Solomon, he, he's loved by the Lord. And, and, and there, was, there was that love between them um, because there, there, there was that covenant friendship and, and nothing would separate them. Um, I think we just should pray. Um, let's just receive, um, just receive right now. Just, just, just maybe just, uh, just, uh, you know, open up your, your palms if you want. Just, just in that attitude of, of receiving. Father, Father, we thank you that your, your spirit makes it possible for us to, to be friends in, in the way that you, that you want us to be. And Father, thank you that when we live in a, in a, in a covenant friendship, Father, that there is unconditional love, there is complete open and honesty, Lord. And um, Father, would you just show us and, and give us those people, Lord, whom we can have that close relationship with, Father, a true friendship, Lord. And um, if there's anyone in this room who, who, who feels lonely, um, the Lord just says that that in this body, there is someone for you. And um, we have community groups. Maybe the Lord is is saying, you know, have you been going to a community group? That's a place where we experience intimacy. But there is no one here who does not need to have friendships like that. So, Father, I just pray that you would cultivate that in our lives, Lord. Cultivate that 
in this body. And ultimately, Father, may, may we glorify you by the way we love one another. And Father, thank you that, that, that you will continue to take us to the next level, year after year, Lord. And um, we, we bless your name. Amen. Thank you, Simon. There's a lot there to chew on, go away and think about. Again, just to pick up on the, the groups, community groups, they're part of yeah, how we, we love and care for one another. And if you don't belong to one, we'd encourage you to, to you know, come speak to one of the elders, one of the, the group leaders, or go to the table over there and you'll find some details. So it's an important part of church life. Church life isn't about standing here and everyone looking at a screen and singing. It's actually about uh, bearing one another's burdens, praying for one another, all those one another scriptures that you've got in the New Testament. And, uh, you know, it, someone once said, isn't it? John, John, someone once said, no man is an island. Uh, but we can sometimes behave that way, and it's not helpful. That's how the enemy will want us to behave. He can isolate us, he can break us down, and he can destroy us. But by giving us friendships uh, who are committed to us through the thick and thin, that's, it just undoes the work of the enemy.